with Trailer Talk. Stay tuned. This is Rosie Starr, host of Farm and Country. Join us Saturday mornings at 11 for WJFF's locally produced radio show relating to life in the Catskills and the Delaware River Valley. Tune in to 90.5 FM, stream us live, or listen to the archive on our website, wjffradio.org. See you Saturday, just after Radio Chatskill and before Catskill Character. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Come on in. What does home mean to you? We have so many people over the age of 60 in wheelchairs that's disabled, some of them veterans, sleeping on the street with no benefit, no help. We are the capital of homelessness downtown here in Los Angeles, California. There is no other place on this planet that has as many homeless people except with the exception of Baghdad. Uh, My name is Joseph Thomas. The mission of L.A. CAN, the Los Angeles Community Action Network, is to help people dealing with poverty create and discover opportunities while serving as a vehicle to ensure they have voice, power, and opinion in the decisions that are directly affecting them. I'm Sabrina, and this is Trailer Talk. We're here at L.A. CAN, the Los Angeles Community Action Network. Hi, welcome. Thank you. What's your name? Zandra. Soils with the Z. Thank you for joining me. You're Thank welcome. you for joining us. We're here on Main Street. I'm Sabrina. This is the talking trailer. Cool. We're, here, <laughs> we're here at the kitchen table and we're talking about home. We're also talking about taking action. We're talking about your neighborhood, your community here. I'm wondering what home means to you. Home means to me is a place where we have water, shower, and where you can cook and have food, which is the main priority. Home means a lot to me because that's a privilege. And some people out here don't have any homes, you know what I mean, because they can't afford it. And how did you get involved with L.A. Can, and how did you get involved with the membership? Okay, well, what happened was um, I had a friend. His name is Big Red, and he had told me because they moved people from the frontier to the Rosslyn, and he said we didn't get paid, but they only gave us like three months for rent. And I had three months free rent, which I was there longer than everybody else had like a uh, year or two. And he said you need to go over there to L.A. Can and talk to them because they're looking for the people who did not get paid. And that's what I did. I went over there and I talked to uh, Steve. That's how I met Steve first. And I talked to him and he says, yeah, I was on the list. And he said, just wait because they'll contact us, right? So 
that's what I did. And after that, it's like, well, these people are like helping us. So maybe I might join. They told me, do I want to be a member? And I'm like, yeah, but at first it's like I was kind of skeptical. But then I see what they do. L.A. Can does a lot for people and for the homeless. And they help you with rental until you can know your rights and all that. And so I joined them and I wanted to be there. How long ago was that? Four years now. You've gotten involved, and L.A. Can is, is very much about working together to make these social changes. Right, yes. I'm Sabrina. This is Trailer Talk, and you're welcome to join us at the kitchen table. We're talking about home, and what does home mean to you? Talking about this neighborhood here in downtown Los Angeles. We're on Main Street between 5th and 6th, and Zandra is joining me. Come on in if you'd like, or you can grab a lawn chair out there. And what does it feel like, Zandra, then, to be working together and to be working with a community at L.A. Cam? What happens for you they're then like my with that? I, I, they're like my family, and I love them like my family. Because when my son got killed, they were there for me. You know what I'm saying? They were there, and they helped me through a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So they're my family. I call them my family, all of them. When was that? When was what? Your son That was in May, two years, almost three years ago. He got shot down in Inglewood. Sorry so whenever that. I'm going through stuff, it's like I can always come over here because they talk to me and they help me the best way they can, you know what I mean? They come for me. So L.A. Can is the best place to be. I did quit for a while because I wasn't feeling I had a lot of um, issues about my health, but I'm back now, and I'm going to stay there. Well, thank you so much. If anybody else would like to share, to participate, we're talking about home and everything that that can mean. What does home mean to you? We're here in downtown Los Angeles. We're in front of LA Can, which is the Los Angeles Community Action Network. And I began sharing conversations with people at 11 o'clock. I'm not even sure what time it is right now, but I'll be here till 2. And 11.46 in the morning, I'm speaking with Zandra Joseph Thomas was joining us at the kitchen table and before. I'm glad to be here. Thank you. So is there anything else, anyone outside also, if you'd like to share to participate in any kind of way around these ideas? And as far as we've been talking about civil rights issues, women's rights, we've been talking about housing and human rights issues. Oh, hi. Hello. Hi. Good. Would you like to have good? This is my sissy. Oh, hi. Have a seat. I have another microphone. Here, I'll push that over. Zandra and I have been talking, and now please introduce yourself. Okay. My name is Lydia Trejo. I'm from L.A. Can. Lydia Trejo? Yes. Welcome, Lydia. Lydia and Zandra. Home to me my, um, is, is to have a place to live and have water in, in, in a bed, but really to have people to understand what a homeless could be sometimes when people don't have homes. And what is your relationship with that then, okay. homelessness? Well, about, you could say two, about three years ago, I, 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 lived, I, I lived in Whittier Boulevard, and I, and I and ended up being homeless for a month. And I was having little problems because everywhere I go, they would kick me out of the places of city. Uh, of, like, I would have to go to Montebello. I would have to go to Armani, stuff like that, because they wouldn't allow homeless down there. And how did that begin for you? And now you're here, you're involved with L.A. Can yes. and with community activism. Well, so what led you? Oh, well, what really led me is that uh, when I was living in a hotel down on, on uh, Whittier Boulevard, I, I couldn't afford to pay my rent. It was like weekly, so it was hard for me. So when me and my husband, I was married then, me and my husband decided to move down here, and it was okay. But then we had a, uh, it was like a shuffle. It's called shuffle, living apartment, into room to room. We had to change room to room. I was living in the frontier for about two years. 
and everything was okay. And then they they they, they had asked us to move because they wanted to 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 build to make another apartment. They sold our building. So we had to move next door to Rockland Hotel where she lives, my friend Sandra, too. And we had met each other. But uh, a year after that, my husband had passed away. May the 5th, May the 5th, uh, 2008, he had passed away on me. And so I still live down there, the same place. And I stuck by her side. Me and him was great friends, but I didn't really know her. But he wanted me to um, yeah. still be friends with her. I'm like, why? He said, just go be friends with her. I went and knocked on her door. I'm like, hello. She go, hi, my name is Lydia. I said, your husband told me to come talk to you. <laughs> And yeah. she said, okay, come in. I said, no, I got to go by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's how we became friends. And uh, uh, the real reason why I worked in Alley County is because after my husband passed away, I went through a lot because I was married to him for 30 years. I didn't know what to do. I was really a housewife, really. And uh, uh, and then uh, she, I, I... Well, he... I think he knew he was going because he came to me and asked me if I can look out for her. I mean, that was like one of the signs right there. And I'm like... Because she didn't know nobody at that time. I'm like, yeah. He goes, I know you'll be the bodyguard and protector. And I said, I'll do that because he was a great friend. He would bring me food and he would bring me my cigarettes or whatever I need. And, you know, he, he was a great guy. He was. And so I'm like, then uh, when she came home, because I was going to go Sunday, she's going to take me to go see him. And uh, the manager told her he had passed away when uh, when she was on the way home. So it was like, if you want to talk, you know, you can come to my room. I'm like, kind of I mean, I know how it feels to lose somebody special, but see, that's like her first love and her last love, you know? And she never get that back. So I stuck with her, stuck with her, and yeah. started going places and doing things, so I adopted she's my sister. <laughs> is that when I went to LA Can, I went to the first meeting, they were talking about housing and homeless, and I kind of connected to it. And to me, it's that's very important because I didn't know about rights of homeless, how people could not treat you the way they treat you because you're homeless. You ha you have no right to eat dinner anywhere. You don't have the right to be in, a, in the streets or do anything. And then they do treat you like if you're nobody, and you, but you are somebody. And that's what the homeless should know. But see, she she we were going together. But see, she was doing the protesting. I thought, I ain't going to jail. <laughs> and then she said, come on, come on, you could just go to your first protest. She said, really, it's cool. So I did my first protest. I'm like, you know, this is cool. This is fun. So I started going protesting too now. Yeah. And share with us what some of these protests are. Oh, well, that see, uh, some of them are like housing for the housing. The human rights. Human rights to have housing. Us And, and, and then it's another case is like uh, uh, for jails. Because you know how the city wants to make more jails. But we don't think it should be making more jails. They, they should have for people to live in apartments or to make shelters for the homeless because they really do need it and to have and to have shelters and we be protesting um they got a thousand about a thousand something cops down here when we uh protest because it goes like this cops leave them alone make more housing and less police you know we don't need all these police because half of them is crooked anyway you know they killed that man up there on the corner for no reason and they've been killing people around here, and they get away with it. And that's not right. They need to be punished just like us. You know what I mean? And that's not right for them. Keep coming around here messing with the homeless. They got better things to do, like get the big timers, like the ones who's molesting these kids and, you know, and, 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 and killing people. Those are the ones they need to go after. But, no, they want to waste taxpayer money on down here. So, Sandra, and also Lydia, yes. then, because, you know, you're talking about really important issues. Yes. You're also talking about protesting, taking yes. action. Yes. 
And the community that is here, that is LA yeah. Can. Yeah, we have like a safety walk. We just had it yesterday. Oh, what is a safety walk? A uh, safety walk is for a pr- they come over and they, they, they the, the, what do you call them? Yeah, the ones that build the places and all that, they try to buy uh, places around here, right? So what they do is they, they look around the whole city. They go down uh, down 5th Street, down 6th Street, and they look around. But really, what they, well, they, they claim that it was supposed to be for people to help the homeless, talk to them, try to place them. But they really don't do that. We're talking about the red shirts. The red shirts. they going around pretending like they're the police officers when they're not. Telling people you got to move or this, that, right. and another. You know what I mean? And that's not their job. Their job is to, uh, is supposed to ride around. And if they see something wrong, try to correct it. You know? If they see some, like somebody hurt or something, stop and try to help them. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Absolutely. So what do you think would make the difference then? I mean, some of the things that would make the difference would make is like uh, mm-hmm. for them to come down there and to and to have like little meetings to to you know like maybe somebody that would come down from a different city and come and look at the, the places where the people live at, see, and maybe make make them have like there's doctors there, maybe psychiatrists, because there, there is people that live down here and they do, are not mentally challenged to understand about homeless and they need medical attention, and so then, they put places down here. Like free clinics for them to go to, but you know it's always some kind of something, always a string attached. You know what I mean? Yeah, but more or less it's like saying that we would we would like more shelters for them, more understanding to them, and maybe someone to teach them how to live. You know, have like a house for them and to teach them how to because you know how they live they live downtown for so long in their lifetime. They don't know how to to manage to be by themselves. So maybe they need another place to go to help someone to teach them how to read, maybe write. Maybe to teach them how to take care of themselves and stuff like that. Thank you. Thank uh-huh. you so much. I'm Sabrina. This is Trailer Talk. I'm speaking with Lydia and the Zandra. If anybody would like to join in, to ask questions, to share, to sit next to me, there's room here at the kitchen table. We also have a couch in the back. <laughs> If, if you'd like here. to join in, Michelle, anytime you'd like to sit next to me, if you have any thoughts or any kind of a dialogue you'd like to participate in, come on in. Uh, hi, my name is Bilal Ali. Home means to me uh, many things. One, freedom, uh, security, family, warmth, belonging. So it's both a physical and non-physical. I would say physical and spiritual. I would say home also would be the foundation, uh, a foundation of uh, society. Yes, I think because people, uh, society has to come, comes from a home, and from that home we learn we learn our lessons, we got our experiences, home speaks to our background, and so I would say it would also lay the foundation for society in general. And as far as that foundation, and just jump in anytime anyone can, <laughs> as far as that foundation, are there aspects of that foundation that for you you consider to be then the structure that leads to the freedom? Yes, uh, and also in the in the context that I've known uh, people who are experiencing or have experienced broken lives, and a lot of that can be attributed back to broken homes, uh, divorces, uh, 
children being removed. These things have play a part in people's lives, their makeup, their psyche, and I think it can all be traced back to home. I'm interested with the idea of home is how it connects us to our communities mm. at large, yes. uh, you know, kind of the social structure, and then to our immediate neighborhoods mm -hmm. as well. And somehow uh, with LA Can, I'm hearing about housing being which I agree with completely is human rights. We're talking about mm. the social structures, mm. talking about civil rights, women's yes. rights, uh, yes. of course the rights right. for those and even, and even LA Can is a community organization that's tied to the community. That in itself can, can be considered a home environment. In the sense of uh, belonging by being attached to the work and the people, and again, that's, well, for me, I've been associated with L.A. Can for 11 years. And L.A. Can is like a home to me. And how did you first become involved with L.A. Can? Um, I had uh, moved downtown, and I noticed the changes downtown. This is around, around 2000, and the dire straits that uh, people were in and the conditions. And I didn't see evidence of any organizations that were doing the work around mobilizing the people to confront the social and economic inequities that give rise to homelessness. I saw many uh, the missions and shelters and service providers, and there are good people in there with good intentions, but I saw more in these, these entities, a more of a uh, industry, a poverty industry mm. where Poverty was just being managed. No real attempts to eradicate poverty or the social and economic inequities. And I saw that in L.A. Can and the work they were doing. So that uh, attracted me to L.A. Can. Besides, I knew Pete. In an industry where it, it managed poverty, it was just a management. Right. I used to take students on tours. They would come downtown and we would take them around. And they would ask about the work and the mission and the shelters and what the mission and shelters were about. And I would take them to the parking lot of the missions and the shelters and some of the service providers. And I would tell them to look in the parking lot and I would explain to them and they didn't understand it. And I says, well, look at the cars. You see Lexus, Escalades, Mercedes, BMW. And the people they're serving, those cars didn't belong to them, but it belonged to staff and directors and these uh, mission and shelters. So people not being moved out of poverty would guarantee that they would always have a job or a position and they can always pay their house notes and their car notes. So, right. Yes. So. You said that you became involved through Pete White, who's one of the founders of yes. LA Can yes. 11 years ago. About 11 so, right, years ago. LA Can began in 1999. Yes. Right? Yes. So. Yes. And I, I eventually became lead organizer with LA Can. And what would you say are some of the, the main mobilizations that? Are a priority right now with LA Can? Well, one is the uh, preservation of existing affordable housing, the construction of uh, additional affordable housing, also the uh, prevention, uh, the prevention of violations of civil human rights against poor people. Poor people have been criminalized downtown and uh, currently all over the country, but it has a uh, big yeah. genesis here. What, what happens basically now in downtown L.A. Uh, has an influence on the rest of the city, the rest of the state, and the country on how cities deal with 
uh, poor people and homeless. Well, as you mentioned before, the poverty industry, so mm -hmm. the social yes. structure that. Well, we used to say back in the sixties, poverty pimping. Poverty oh. pimping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Why aren't we saying that anymore? Um, <laughs> it's not know. politically correct. I, think. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> I guess not, but you know, it. It certainly paints the picture, doesn't yeah. it, of this industry that yes. you were referring to yes. and a perpetuation of the cycle that we're participating Absolutely. in. Absolutely. And so I guess here I am and people have been coming in and sharing their own life stories about being homeless or mm -hmm. having been homeless. And then with the participation in L.A. Can, it really is changing their relationship to themselves, to each other to the community mm -hmm. and really this idea of the individual being able to make a change but the individual of course united with others yes. and have you found for yourself is that why you've continued to be involved with LA can because of that connection with a group of people who are united around these issues my uh, position with LA can my work is basically to convey to the people in downtown and Skid Row every particular that their predicaments are not the fault of themselves. This is going back to the missions and shelters where their program is to convince people that their condition is due to some character flaw, mm. uh, some moral deficiency, uh, blame the victim. And my job down here is to point out to people the structural causes of these conditions, the institutionalized uh, uh, conditions that give rise to their positions. I mean, I, I, I'm not skirting self-responsibility, yeah. but I basically grew up downtown. I used to uh, play hooky from school, ride my bikes down there and hang out with the winos, sell blood and drink wine with the winos. So I've seen the changes. I've seen the heyday of downtown. This was the hub of activity for a lot of people. The theaters, the movie theaters yeah. down here we came to. And I seen during the Reagan administration in the 80s, things began to change. Be prior to that, you didn't have cardboard condos, people sleeping in, in the streets and in tents and masses, though they are uh, uh, like they are now. So I see a great change down here, and I understand that change it was structural. It resulted from the deindustrialization uh, of the, well, we'll talk about LA, LA, the uh, Goodyear plant, the Firestone plant, the uh, Ford plant, Southgate, Bethlehem Steel, which my uncle was a. Uh, a foreman there, one of the first black foremans there. And that in the 60s, you could graduate from high school and go into these industries and make a pretty uh, decent living. Yeah. All of that's changed with industrialization. The, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, tax cuts for the rich, you know. And so we've seen a result of that, and that's been structural. We try to get people to understand that, that your predicament, your situation, you know, whatever you've been doing is probably a result of that. And you're thinking this has caused you to be in this situation. So I want to convey this thing is structural. It's designed, it's planned, it's yes. calculated. And many times it's misplaced policies where they're putting their priorities are not uh, consistent or not right. And it's profit over people. And if they understand there's a system in place that has put them in this condition where they can change that system. Have you found that with that understanding and with a kind of, as Michelle is addressing, like a, a critical consciousness, that then people want to take action to see things change? Is that what you're finding? Yes, on the most part, when people start understanding that, this challenge lies in that 
Some people actually understand it instinctively, mm-hmm. you know, but they just can't wrap themselves around it. The challenge is that people have great needs uh, downtown. Uh-huh. They're uh, maybe facing evictions. They're facing, uh, I'm talking about people who are in the low-income housing down there. They may be facing homelessness. They may be facing, they may have some issues with substance abuse, uh, eating, buying food. So while these things are happening, the challenge is to convey these, these structural conditions where a lot of people, their immediate needs have to be met. So a lot of times they're not looking at that, or nor do they want that. They want, hey, I need to pay my rent now. What can you do for me? Hey, I need to buy groceries now. What can you do for me? Hey, I'm tired of being homeless. I hear you about that, all that structure stuff, but right now I need, I need immediate help. So that's the challenge. And are you finding that with L.A. Can and with the issues here in downtown L.A. that a lot of what you're, you're doing, are you going to the legislators? Are you going to City Hall? Is, it, is that a, a very large part of the actions that you take? Yes, yes, because we're involved in advocacy and policy change. And basically we have what's called an inside-outside strategy, whereas we go to our uh, representatives and try to persuade them against it. I mean, convince them of a sound and sustainable policies that benefits the community. And if we can't achieve that, then we have an outside policy. Well, we bring pressure. We mobilize the community and we'll bring pressure but through direct action on those representatives. It can be a form of protest, demonstrations, and calling them out publicly through the media and just making life very difficult for them to continue these misplaced policies. Mm-hmm. Our civil rights campaign uh, dealing with the Safer City Initiative, which is a large-scale attempt to criminalize poverty, whereas if you criminalize poverty, then it hides the structural, the struggle mechanism that brought, gave rise to this. So shining a light on these misactions. Yes. We've been able to achieve uh, many uh, changes down here. Uh, through mostly, I think, do direct action. And the challenge is, is to getting people, as an organizer, I know people are motivated by their self-interest. So my challenge, me and my organizers that I train, is we have to reconcile those individual interests with the interests of the community as a whole. Merging those together. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> it depends. It depends. It depends. It's not no real one answer. Yeah, I was just wondering yeah, well, what yeah. are some of the ways because you know, mostly through education and participation. It's one thing you can educate people. You can give them the theory, but the theory is bankrupt without practice. So the practice informs the theory. So it's education and participation. We say, well, well, we'll struggle with you, but we're not going to struggle for you. So mm-hmm. you're still the former arbiter of what can ha- what, how those changes can come about and you making those changes. Housing, besides being a human right, is something that everyone deserves and needs but does not have in the society in which we live in it now. So I'm one of the members of LA Camp, and I also am not housed, but I fight for it every day. Joseph Thomas. I'm Sabrina, and this is Trailer Talk. We're here at LA Can, the Los Angeles Community Action Network. I'm Sabrina. This is Trailer Talk. Thank you all so much for joining the kitchen table today. We are here in downtown Los Angeles at LA Can, the Los Angeles Community Action Network. 
I open the doors of the trailer at 11 o'clock in the morning. It's about 2.30 now, and I'm going to pack up and head back to the San Fernando Valley, over the hill into Sherman Oaks. Thank you again for participating in today's conversations and dialogue about home. What does home mean to you? From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artel. The mission of LA Can, the Los Angeles Community Action Network, is to help people dealing with poverty create and discover opportunities while serving as a vehicle to ensure they have voice, power, and opinion in the decisions that are directly affecting them. To find out more about LA Can, please go to www.cangress.org. That's C-A-N-G-R-E-S-S dot org, www.cangress.org. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artel. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artel. Safe travels. Jenny Terrell sings the death of Cleopatra on our next New York Philharmonic broadcast. This is Alec Baldwin. I hope you'll join me for an eclectic mix of favorites from the Philharmonic archives, including works by Sibelius, Berg, and Liszt. Leonard Bernstein, Zubin, Maida, and Court Mazur will conduct the New York Philharmonic this week. It's Tuesday at noon on WJFF. You're listening to WJFF, broadcasting at 90.5 and 94.5 FM in the Sullivan County Catskills in Northeast PA. We also stream online at WJFFradio.org, where you can also find our audio archives. And the WJFF app is available from the Apple or Android app stores. However you're listening, thank you for listening to WJFF. WJFF Jeffersonville, W233AH Monticello.